Welcome to Digging the Dharma, where we dig into the Buddhist Dharma and explore ways of bringing these 2,500-year-old teachings into our lives. I'm Doug Smith of Doug's Dharma on YouTube and the Online Dharma Institute. And I'm John Aaron, teacher at New York Insight Meditation Center and Space to Meditate and an MBSR teacher and trainer. Hello, John. Great to see you. Nice to see you, Doug. I feel like I just saw you, but <laughs> that's another secret people we you know, probably need to know is that we record a few of them at yeah, a time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it makes it easier. It's like us. Stephen Colbert doing Thursday and Friday on the same on Thursday. You know, he has to <laughs> when he records his show, he has to fake it. He has to pretend that it's Friday, even though it's not. You know, so we do we yeah. do that too. Sometimes even three. Yeah, if we can manage so, it. Yeah, yeah, if we can manage so, it. But we don't mind. You know, it's a little what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, it just makes it easier to record these. <laughs> yes. Frankly, yeah. <laughs> You knock out a block of time and, and then do it. Yeah. But today, yeah. today and today's, we're talking about a wonderful topic, which is compassion. Something that um, honestly is one of the most important mental states, one of the most important emotional states to have. And I have to be completely honest, it's one of the most difficult for me at times, along with all of these Brahma Viharas. But uh, compassion is is tough for me. Uh, it's something that I understand intellectually, but it it becomes difficult sometimes for me to actually manifest manifest it. Mm. And it's through my, if I'm honest, through my Buddhist training that I've become much more aware of its importance, as well as personally pushing myself to manifest it. Yeah, uh, speaking absolutely honestly here. And thank you. And, you know, I, I don't think you're alone. Uh, and I think, um, to me, well, I think in general, it's pretty clear that, that these states, like compassion, like kindness, even like mindfulness, these are not states that we go out and get. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're are, they are qualities that we are born with then we spend our lives, you know, putting up obstacles. And well, yeah, I mean, we're born with the capability to do it, but some, you know, you need to practice them sometimes. Well, you know? of course, but the, the some, for some people it's quite natural because the, the those obstacles that they've put up, in other words, the the practicing of it can help get rid of the obstacle. Yeah. Um, but the, 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 the I, I believe anyway, and I, I think it's pretty clear in the, teachings that you know and this uh this particularly is clear in the later teachings it is like you know we all we all are are have a buddha nature right um however you want to define that but there's a buddha nature this nature we have to be awake to be awake and and included in that is the the quality of compassion is the quality of kindness is this uh, capacity of mindfulness that's always there. Some would say without compassion, mindfulness is just attention. Um, and, you know, so that, uh, you know, we were referring to, to the teaching on this, or at least one of the early chants, you know, speaks of being imbued with compassion, which is a word I love. You know, it's just like it, it implies that, you know, the whole body is filled with compassion. 
this goes back to the prior conversation, a prior conversation we were having around emptiness and uh, the book by Analia, which is Compassion and Emptiness. You know, how closely linked these two are in the sense that emptiness is actually not empty of anything. It's it's the idea of potential and, and the opening up into potential, which is always possible. And what fills that potential is compassion. Or one can kind of recognize that compassion um, is something that's radiating, that we're, that's here. We have to recognize it's here. We have to feel it's here in this body. Uh, and know what, and start to see what may be obstructing it, which could be all sorts of habitual patterns, of course. Um, and then, you know, which have all sorts of, uh, potential causes and conditions, you know, upbringing, et cetera, just, um, societal norms, all of that stuff, you know, that can get in the way of compassion. But once we sort of deal with those obstacles, then it's here, and then it radiates outward, and, and, and we start to see that there isn't a, a separation, really. And, and then the compassionate acts, or the acting compassionately, isn't something we think, oh, I have to act compassionately. And I have to be with the suffering of this other, or I have to help this person, or whatever it is. You know, we don't think about it. It just happens. And, and for me, it's like, especially when I teach about this, I, I encourage people to look for those moments in their lives when that happens by itself, right? It's just like, oh, you know, you, you suddenly helped a person that you hadn't expected to be doing. And what's fascinating also is, is uh, just even watching the, you know, horrible footage from Ukraine. Right. And you see how people are really helping each other in amazing ways. And, uh, you know, in other disaster situations. And it's not like there's a thought about this. <laughs> it just happens. It, it's important to kind of, I think, and, and one way of, of helping to foster it is just kind of noticing, even just, you know, watching the news, you know, notice how the heart may be feeling in that moment. And really attending to that, and and it it can it, it's that which is a kind of natural response, right? So I, I remember I think it was a quote from uh, Mister Rogers. I remember hearing years ago, where he said, uh, you know, when there's a terrible thing that happens, such as a war or whatever, that look for the helpers, mm. because there's always helpers. Look for the helpers, but because he was, you know, he had that sort of wise ability to to try to move our gaze to things that are going to be more skillful for us rather than sticking with the, yeah. the horrors, but to look at the helpers, look at the people who are doing those compassionate things. And very often the act of compassion is not actually doing anything, but simply being present for another. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, the <clears throat> the Bodhisattva compassion, Kuan Yin, it's, it's known as she who hears the cries of the world. Right now, in her earlier incarnation with the thousand hands and or whatever it is, ten thousand hands uh, and ten thousand eyes, you know, she's and ears, you know, she's and heads, you know, a thousand heads, I guess. And, you know, as Avalokiteshvara, you know, she was endowed with that 
there's a big story around that, but she was endowed with that or he was endowed with that at that point. It's like one of those confusing <laughs> yes. metamorphoses uh, that so that he could be with, you know, helping in that sense. But, but right. really the later incarnation, it's interesting, isn't it? How, it, how Avalokiteshvara is considered to be male and Kuan Yin is usually considered to be female, right? So the female is just, a presence and a listener and a, and a open heartedness uh, that just is there to receive the suffering and to be with the suffering. Whereas Avalokiteshvara had to go and do something about it. Right. So it's, <laughs> there's, that's an interesting. <laughs> well, this is all, you know, yeah. as, as you know, from the later tradition, yeah. um, because you don't, you don't really find quite that much of this in the early tradition. Um, while there was, Compassion in the early tradition, for sure. I think Analio has has argued quite convincingly that uh, in the Buddha's own historical path, you really don't find that, um, which is so fascinating. I mean, you know, the idea being that that the Buddha, if you look at the the early texts and the Buddha's description of his of his search of the noble search that he had for enlightenment, you don't find him discussing compassion for other beings while he was doing that. That's a later. That comes in the later tradition. That you know, that this was, that this was, and, and and the later tradition. I don't mean that much later necessarily, because the Jataka tales and so on are full of this idea of compassion. Um, but if you look at the earliest texts, they aren't quite so much there. And you have, in fact, this story of um, the god, the Brahma god, who comes down from the heavens to try to convince the Buddha to teach, because the Buddha himself is reluctant. He's thinking, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be you know, really difficult to teach all these people and it's not really worth my time and maybe I'll just go and, you know, go right, off into the right. forest alone. Um, so it's, you know, it's, there's all these kind of interesting nuances. Yeah. And of course that, that came out very much, you know, in that kind of early schism, right. Um, after the Buddha died and, and, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the tradition that kind of went off in the, in the way of the, the paramis, which are the qualities of the heart, <clears throat> versus the Abhidhamma tradition, which is more about the, the trainings of the mind. And uh, the, the, the parami tradition was based on the way the Buddha lived, you know, and the compassion that he showed in his life. And, and you know, actually, it's, it's, it's teaching is a, is a form of compassion, you know, because you're sharing something of importance, right? You're sharing something... But also just the, you can imagine, you know, being in his presence, there was something. And, and those of us that have been in the presence of, you know, quite awakened beings, you know, feel that. And, and to me, at least that's that compassion radiating out. Oh, sure. And there are lots and there are stories, of course, in the Buddha's later life of the compassionate things that he did. Yeah. A very famous yeah. story about him uh, coming upon this uh, monastic who was ill in his tent or, or in his in his hut, sure, yeah, sitting yeah. in his own filth, and and uh, the Buddha asks who who was in this hut with this man, and there's a another monastic there saying, I you know I can't he's of no use to me basically, and the Buddha gets quite stern and yeah. says you know and 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 he and and I think it was Ananda uh, then clean the the monk off and get him back you know to a much more comfortable place and and you know basically lays down the rule that you have to you have to you have to care for your fellow monastics because if you don't no one will um yeah and and so that's where we're you know that that's the kind of 
practice of compassion, right? Yeah. So there's there's like we practice it to help us rediscover what's already there in a sense. Right. And of course, that's also a somewhat later, you know, framing of the issue. Mm -hmm. And there's the earlier framing, which is that, you know, basically, it's not that we're a blank slate, but that, you know, we could go either way. We have both negative and positive tendencies in us, and we have to train the positive ones. And the later framing is that we, that we are essentially the positive ones, and we have to uncover the coverings of all the years to, to release them. Yeah. So, I mean, either, but they're both, you know, yeah. different ways of looking at the same situation. True. Yeah, yeah. There's that famous story. I'm almost, I don't, you know, I'll just suggest that people read it. It's in Ajahn Amaro's book, uh, uh, Small Boat, Big Mountain, where he's talking about his, it's a hilarious story where he's like striving on the night at one of the, during, during the rains retreat. And, you know, he's really decided this is the night you know, he's going to get do it you know, he's going to really <laughs> and then there's a noise out in the hall outside the meditation hall it's and somebody taps him on the shoulder and says come here you got to meet with the police and you know, the police <laughs> were there and there was some younger monk who had like gone off the deep end and went to some bar and decided to buy everybody drinks even though he had no money and and you know they had to like <laughs> and it's the middle of winter, and he goes up to the monk's kuti way up the hill from the monastery, and, and you know, it's just sitting with this monk and and uh, you know, giving him some support. And and he's he goes up when he first goes up, he's pretty ticked off, you know, because of course he was supposed to be meditating and wake, waking up, you know. Sure. <laughs> and then as he's coming back from this this monk after he'd been with him for a while, something just struck him, and he realized. Oh, yeah, that was this moment. Yes, this is it. This yeah. is the awakening, awakening moment, right? It's like when you realize the heart has just opened up in a way that, you know, was completely not happening before. And that's, that's true compassion where it's just like, oh, yeah. And I think it's really, you know, I know personally for me, it was, it was the, the year of, of really deeply studying and being with people who are ill. Um, and then, you know, a few years, and this was, you know, when I was doing that program through the Zen Contemplative Care Program, Foundations in Contemplative Care, where you had to be with, you know, you had to do service in a hospital in my case, or my partner's case in a hospice. And, and then a few years, in, within a year of that program, I had two students that died. Mm. And I was fortunate enough to be with them either while they were dying or right before they died. And then a few years later, the same thing. And, and there's something that happens in those moments where any fear that you have of being with somebody in that state who's really, in some cases, truly suffering, in some cases, just, you know, on the moment of that transition, um, that just falls away completely. And you what realize, does, what, what the falls? fear, the fear uh, of being in, in mm -hmm. those situations. Yeah. And then you're just present. There's mm -hmm. just presence. And there's yeah. no, and in that moment of just being present, that separation of me and the other falls away. And that's that moment of emptiness, you know, and I think that's kind of what, why that book, Compassion and Emptiness, can be so helpful in, in seeing the relationship the direct relationship between the, these two qualities. 
and so yeah as you were saying it's it's both and i mean we we sort of practice being compassionate and then at some point we aren't being compassionate we are compassion and and there's that shift that can happen um, yeah and and at that moment you know the the identity of self kind of drops away and and that's an important moment to recognize is a you know a, fru- a, a moment of fruition essentially um you know where something is really shifted um you know and then we also notice those moments where we go back to our old habits you know and, and realize oh yeah this we have to keep doing this well, another another thing that that i that analia brought up in a different paper of his uh that i found really really interesting and and at least for me compelling was uh, he noticed a distinction between the early tradition, which has got more of an idea of compassion as a sort of a positive mind state, uh, as versus a lot in the later tradition where they look more on something that we might term empathy, which involves taking over the sufferings of others onto ourselves Mm-hmm. And uh, the point that Analio makes in this paper, which I thought was very interesting, is that you know the 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 problem with empathy is that it can be very difficult. It can be burn. It can burn us out. Oh, yeah, because sure. to take on the the suffering of others, which is spoken of a lot in the Mahayana tradition, is very heavy. Whereas compassion in the early tradition was joyful. It was a it was a mind state not not of taking on the sufferings of others so much, but of wishing them well. Being with wishing, the suffering of others. Being with them, being with it, but not taking it on as our own, right, and not right. in a sense of trying to trying to um, feel their suffering, but yeah. rather ho- wanting to relieve them of suffering in some way. Yeah. So there's a very interesting scientific study about that, too, that you may remember reading about. It's in uh, the book. Uh, well, it, it was, um, help me here. The I don't French remember. Monastic, yeah. The French monastic. Uh, who's also ah, a scientist. yeah. Um, shoot. Um, <laughs> Embarrassing uh, moment. Senior moment for me, but not yeah. for you. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, Matthew Ma- Ma- Ricard. So Matthew Ricard. Ricard. Yes. 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 Who's yeah. often thought of as the happiest man in the world. He um, has that sort he's, of. <laughs> he's got yeah. that sort of. <laughs> he uh, he was involved in a, a series of tests at the University of Wisconsin. Richie Davidson's. Laboratory at the University of Wisconsin, your alma mater, as I recall. Yes, yes. And um, grad school. <laughs> and he, uh, they're they're checking the difference between empathy and compassion, and they have them all wired up. And I don't know if it was an FM, I don't think it was an fMRI. It was earlier than that, I believe. But he was watching videos um, of you know really kind of gruesome situations, like war scenes or whatever it was. I can't remember. And um, the first instruction was to, in fact, feel what they were feeling. Right. So this was the empathy. Yeah. You know, it was really getting exhausting for him. And they took a break and they said, do you want to have lunch? And he said, no, please, not yet. Let's go over to the compassion mode. Yeah. And they, sh- I don't know if they, sh- they, I don't think it was the same videos, but it was just, you know, allowing just to like be with that suffering to you know bring one's own loving kind well bring loving kindness to that suffering so karuna the the pali word you know is the pali word for compassion and it's it's the idea of directing 
loving kindness, metta, having metta be with suffering. Oh, it's a different state than metta. It's a, so yeah. you have to be. But metta is is it, present. It's present because mm-hmm. it's bringing metta into yeah. the the suffering of another, and so you're not taking it on. Yeah. And but at the same time, often it starts with empathy. Yeah, sure, <laughs> right? sure. How yeah. can it not? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and then and you know because you 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 need to feel it a bit. You know, and the the the, the cartoon that is often used is the one where the one guy has stubbed his toe and the other guy feeling bad for him, he stubs his toe. <laughs> right. And then, and then the other, the next frame is, uh, the guy stubs his toe and the other guy just comes and puts his arm around him you mm-hmm. know, while he's letting the pain subside. So you don't have to take on the pain of the other. You're one is simply present for the suffering of the other. And in that presence, something happens. You know what? And I was just talking about this with somebody the other day because we were talking about Tang Lin practice, which is a compassion practice where one. Well, but it's it's a it's a uh, an empathy practice, is it? No, Tang Lin is where you take on the suffering, you take in the suffering, but that's and then empathy. you but but then you immediately transform it into compassion. So ah, you're okay. Sort of so it's both sending it out, mm-hmm. and you know this idea of taking in and sending. It can seem really magical, like or magically or mystically minded, and and the the I think what's important in both cases, where you're either just with somebody in presence, or whether you're doing a practice like that, it's a matter of having some level of faith or confidence that something is happening, even though you may not see it, even though you may not realize it. there is something. Excuse me. There's something happening. Well, in all these practices, that's yeah. the case. Um, yeah, exactly. That's true. You know, you know like a loving kindness practice. You yeah, know? and it's it, it, radiating. Yeah, and and uh, you have to see for yourself. Like the Buddha said, you have to see for yourself. I mean, try yeah. it out for a while and see if it works. Um, you may not be the right time for you for a particular practice, and you may have to try to find a different one. Yeah, and you know, you may not. But also, you know, at any given time, it may be just not possible. Yeah, for yeah, you exactly. To, to have mm-hmm. empathy for or compassion for a person, um, particularly certain people, you may have yeah. difficulty, and yeah. and and it's okay. Yeah, um, I think it's important to also state that the, the near enemy of compassion, which is the near enemy, is what I guess we could define as uh, a mistaken compassion. You know, the thought that it might be compassionate, it's like very close, which then the near enemy is pity, right? And and there's such a difference between pity and compassion. It's, yes, yes. Um, you know, because pity is a very sort of selfish uh, mode. Of, it's putting yourself above them. And, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's hard to watch when somebody's just, because they don't realize it, you know, uh, usually they don't, they don't get it. In that moment, so yeah, and, the, and all and the, of these, all of these skillful emotional states of the Brahma Viharas have their near enemies that we have to be yeah careful about that we don't uh, fall into. Yeah, we don't reinforce the wrong <laughs> the wrong tendency for sure. For sure, yeah, 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 um, yeah. But it happens, and then <laughs> pity is. Um, I, I, I avoid pity as much as I can. <laughs> It's easy to like just habitually fall, go that direction, and, and it's it's not helpful, generally, to the other. 
Sure. Yeah. It's really much well, it's more a, self-oriented. It's separating. Yeah. yeah. It's very separating. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So this is a you know another we, we managed to pick these awfully big topics, uh, and compassion will certainly come back down the road as as we're you know going through these various teachings and um, but I encourage people to really notice those moments where they are no they they don't have to think about being compassionate where compassion just happens um, and and you'll you'll be surprised I think in in what's seen and discovered in that in those moments also um, not don't feel bad for yourself if if you have yeah. to you know generate it in a quote-unquote artificial manner sometimes yeah um, at least you're helping you know at least you're doing for your sure. best absolutely um, yeah. and you know you have to trust that over time that training will help get you to where you want to be yeah yeah for sure so we forgot to give a commercial plug but that's okay <laughs> be compassionate and yes. find yeah, us a coffee right yeah. <laughs> i don't know about that yeah uh, it's a little bit that's yeah that's, yeah <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, if, if you'd like to support us, feel free to buy us a coffee and you can do that at digginthedharma.com. And, uh, we, we aren't hurting without a coffee, yeah. so it's not, uh, yeah, not that big exactly. of a deal. Yeah. So, um, but we'd love to hear from you yeah, regardless. Sure. So please uh, check out the site and make, leave some comments and, uh, let us know what you're thinking. Yeah. So until next time. Thanks, John. Yes. Keep digging <laughs> okay. the dharma. Alrighty, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider leaving a review on your local podcast directory. It would help us out a lot. You can check John out at johnaaron.net and Doug at Doug's Dharma on YouTube and his Patreon page linked in the notes. You've been listening to Diggin' the Dharma with Doug Smith and John Aaron. Thank you.